From an Iraq war cover-up to towns ravaged by opioids to the roots of our modern immigration crisis, Embedded explores what's been sealed off and undisclosed. NPR's original investigative podcast reveals why these stories and the people behind them matter. Listen to the Embedded podcast only from NPR. Growing a garden and perhaps a community. I'm Tom Shine, and welcome to The Range. Support for The Range comes from McCowan Gordon Construction, Fidelity Bank, and the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Coming up, an artist who treasures all of the details needed to create a piece of art. I'm very inspired by process and very interested in like how something is made. So I encounter something at the end and dissect it to the beginning. But first, a leader in Wichita's Plainview neighborhood installed a community garden at a middle school last year, hoping to bring fresh vegetables and pride to one of the poorest parts of the city. After he passed away this year, neighborhood residents say continuing the garden is a tribute to his legacy and his desire to see Plainview grow. Celia Hack has more. Just tip it a little bit. This way a little bit. There you go. Ali Wagner is a special education teacher at Jardine Middle School. As the midday heat beats down, she assists rambunctious middle schoolers in watering petunias, sunflowers, and pumpkin plants. It's year two of Jardine's community garden. If the plants survive, which the heat did not allow last year, students can take home some produce. But the biggest benefit is that teachers like Wagner can give kids a place to get their hands dirty. They loved it. It was so much nice to show them more, like I said, hands-on instead of just on a book, on paper. Yeah. This year, one of the galvanizing forces behind the garden is no longer here. Chauncey Kemp, the former president of Plainview's Neighborhood Association. The neighborhood near Pawnee and Hillside encompasses Jardine. Chauncey decided everybody else had a community garden, so we decided we were going to make one. It was his baby. He built it. That's Shirley Smith, the vice president of the Plainview Neighborhood Association. Chauncey passed away in April from cancer after leading the association for the last several years. Throughout his tenure as president, Chauncey fought for Plainview to get what it needed to thrive, despite its challenges. A poverty rate, double the city of Wichita's, flooding, dilapidated homes. You know, Plainview, it has the stereotypes, but he did so many community cleanups just to kind of show people that we are the ones who make our neighborhood what it is. That's Taverna Kemp, Chauncey's daughter. Chauncey advocated for a multitude of ways the city of Wichita could better Plainview, from improving the streets to bringing in a splash pad for kids. But one challenge Chauncey couldn't solve. In 2020, the closest grocery store to Plainview closed, cementing the neighborhood as a food desert. Chauncey fought hard to keep the store open, but didn't succeed. So he floated the idea of a community garden, where produce could be free, grown locally, and even help kids learn. Last year, he coordinated with teachers at Jardine to make it happen. He built the raised beds, planted pumpkin seeds with the students, and checked in weekly. Without him here this year, teachers like Wagner planned to tend the garden themselves. Chauncey had even bigger dreams, though. He wanted a second, larger community garden apart from the middle school. Here's Becca Johnson, the city's neighborhood representative in Plainview. He wanted to have space dedicated for people to sit and talk and converse with each other. Johnson says the city is considering construction of a new neighborhood resource center in Plainview and hopes to include Chauncey's garden plans. Chauncey himself spoke to the city last fall about what that investment would mean. It would be awesome. 
I, I want to, I want to have a shovel when they break the ground, <laughs> when they break ground. <laughs> Taverna, Chauncey's daughter, says that the new development will carry on his legacy of improving Plainview, even if he's not there. And it doesn't have to stop just with the garden. I'm not going to stop in regards to making sure his legacy stays. For the range, I'm Celia Hack. We know that artists express themselves in a finished work of art. But Tim Stone takes that a step further and finds meaning in the process he uses to produce a painting. For this month's artworks, Torn Anderson visited Stone at a studio in Henry and Hall at Wichita State University. I'm very inspired by process and very interested in like how something is made. So I encounter something at the end and dissect it to the beginning. Tim Stone paints dreamscapes based on experiences he's trying to digest. But first, he needs to make the canvas for his paintings. Uh, you got to create kind of a sharp beveled edge. So I turn the saw to 20 degrees. Stone measures and cuts wood to prepare for stretching canvas over. Uh, I have to um, set the saw at the 45 degree angle. Well, I'm putting together the strainer for uh, the inevitable painting. So it's kind of the skeletal structure of the painting. So I lay out my corner clamps, hopefully on a flat surface. And um, the first step is to uh, kind of put it together and with wood glue, um, then put the screws into it. Once the strainer is fastened, the canvas needs to be prepped. You need to rip the canvas to size. And instead of trying to cut it, you just kind of hold it down and... Uh... Stone then fastens the canvas down with staples. Try to pull it tight. Stone says when making art, process can convey philosophy. The reason I don't paint the sides is because a painting is kind of about the illusion for me, right? It's about this experience created from a physical material, but now you're experiencing something else with it. If you paint the sides, you're putting a lot of attention to the fact that, like, you've created an object. And my work's not about uh, the creation of objects, right? After the gesso is dried on the canvas, Stone is ready to apply the paint. Any of the oil-based media can't be used before the water, plastic-type-based medias. So I'll often start with acrylic. And lately, I've been using um, quite a bit of spray media. Sometimes, Stone uses a large palette knife for bigger paintings. This is just like um, kind of smoothing out big fields of paint and of color I just put on. And sometimes you need like bigger tools to create bigger scales. It's a constant evolution based on like the ideas I want to present and the feelings I'm having, you know. Thinking about this holistic experience for uh, someone coming to that show and what are they going to experience and does it connect with what you are experiencing creating the work, right? It's my way to like understand the world around me, really. For The Range, I'm Torin Anderson. Torin Anderson explores the arts every first Friday. An exhibition featuring Tim Stone's work opens today at Mark Arts. And one last thing. South Carolina wants a piece of Kansas history. A group there says it will petition the U.S. Supreme Court to change the name of the landmark Brown v. Board of Education decision from 1954. 
The Brown case was filed in Topeka. It was one of five suits brought by the NAACP over school segregation. Another was Briggs v. Elliott from South Carolina. The Supreme Court bundled the cases together and, for reasons lost to history, put Brown as the lead plaintiff. I understand how South Carolina feels. Many Wichitans get huffy that the lunch counter from the Greensboro, North Carolina sit-in is part of the Smithsonian, even though the Dockham sit-in in downtown Wichita took place two years earlier. But history is a part of a state's DNA, and that's not something that's easily removed. Sorry, South Carolina. No. Thanks for joining us on The Range. Our producers for this week's show are Carly Cooper, Beth Goulet, Tadeo Ruiz, and Jonathan Huber. Our digital producer is Hugo Fan, and Torn Anderson composed our theme music. The executive producer of The Range is Fletcher Powell. I'm Tom Shine, and this is KMUW, NPR for Wichita.